Life can take us on unexpected paths that leave us with emotional wounds and scars. But these scars do not have to be a burden that we carry alone. I'm Jocelyn Biederset, a childhood sexual assault survivor, and this is Invisible Scars, a podcast where we connect and learn from those who have come out stronger on the other side of trauma. I am so excited to be sitting down again today with my best friend. She is back, Susie Sidsworth, and we are doing a little follow-up to the first two episodes where I actually share my story. After I did that, ton of you had so many questions regarding follow-up, what happened after, and I'm doing my very best to answer all of them today. So welcome back to Susie, and we're so excited to announce that she is actually going to be back for a segment every month to sit down with me where we discuss all the topics that are so important to us. Susie, welcome back. Hi, everybody. It's nice to be back. So we're so excited because we've actually decided that you are going to come on once a month and we're going to do monthly episodes together. Yeah, we are. We've got all different ideas, different exciting stuff that we want to talk about. Yeah, so jacked. Okay, so today we thought that it would be really good to answer some burning questions that people have had since the first two episodes launched. So I thought that was a great way to bring you back. We'll answer some questions and hopefully we can get to all of them. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, A lot of people had a lot of questions for you, different things that they wanted to hear more about or just more information about. So we'll just go through them like one by one here. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. So one of the ones that came up was wanting to hear about the relationship that you have now with the different people in your life that, you know, were part of the story. So let's start with your mom. Yeah, you know, obviously I don't have a relationship still, but I'm definitely at a place where I don't want to say forgiving because sometimes when I say that, I feel like I'm giving somebody a free pass and that's definitely not what I'm doing, but I've let it go. Like I'm no longer angry. And actually I've reached out to her a couple of times. There's been some things that have come up in the last couple of months about my childhood questions I had. And really she was the only person that could have answered that for me. So I actually have reached out to her over social media. She doesn't have my phone number or anything and we don't have any sort of connection, but um, she's actually answered them for me. Some things, I'm not sure if she told me the truth or not, but at least kind of led me in a direction where I could find the truth. And just no more hate. Like I don't, I don't wish ill will on her and I'm just in a good place. So we will never have a relationship. I don't think that's a safe space for me, but even like with the wildfires that we just went through in Kelowna, you know, we thought we were going to lose our home. We were evacuated. And honestly, like she reached out to me and asked how we were, which it meant a lot. So just kind of being at peace with where we are, but I don't think that we could ever have a relationship. It's just not a safe thing for me to do. Yeah. And and that makes a lot of sense considering um, all that transpired, you know, for you and all the trauma that you dealt with, with her in your life. Yeah, totally. And just like, it's hard to trust, right? Like I'm working on trusting the people that I know I can trust. So that's just not a road I'm willing to go down. Yeah, no, that's fair. And what about your biological brother? You briefly touched on it in our other episode, but where, what is your relationship like with him? Yeah, you know, it's still the same. Unfortunately, we don't have a relationship, but it's definitely something I still work on in therapy every week. And it comes up a ton because of that guilt I carried, which, you know, I've heard from so many people that have listened to our first two episodes just saying like, holy crap, they can relate to the guilt that they felt about somebody in their family or a sibling or a friend or that guilt is so big. And it's like, I'm chipping away at it, but it's still there. It's going to take time. And I'm just not ready to face, 
I don't want to say face him, but I'm just not ready to open up that door yet. And honestly, I don't think he is either. He was so young when it happened and there's so much that he probably doesn't understand. But if he ever wanted to like ask me questions or have a conversation, I'm so willing to do that. It's just, I'm not in the place to like make the first step yet, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And what about your auntie that you touched on in your story? Yeah, that is a really tough one for me. I mean, unfortunately, we don't have a relationship right now. I think that there's a lot of generational pain and trauma in my family, and not everyone is willing to look at it or work on it. And that's totally fine. They can do that when they're ready. I think there's a lot of pain between the two of us. And I think that she's going through her own stuff. And if and when she wants to have a relationship again, that's something that I'm you know, hoping that we could have a conversation about, but there is a lot of pain. And unfortunately, we don't have a relationship. It's hard on me. It's hard on my daughter. But I just hope that she is happy and doing well. And, you know, she has her own pain that she has to work on and things that she needs to process. And right now, we just kind of don't fit in each other's life. Yeah. And that interestingly happened later, right? Like some of these relationships where you were severed earlier, like with your mom and your brother, but this, this one, this shift happened for you a little bit later. Yeah, it did. And it stung, you know, it was hard. It was hurtful. A lot of things I didn't understand and that's okay. I don't have to understand it. That's her journey. That's her path. And at the end of the day, like my job is to just be as strong as I can for my family. And I've come to realize that some relationships are just not meant to be forever and that's okay. Like there's certain toxic environments and toxic relationships and we maybe sometimes have toxic behaviors ourselves that we don't even realize that are reflected from other people and we reflect onto other people. And I just think that it's probably for the best and we're just trying to do our best. And I'm trying to help my daughter navigate the loss of that relationship. And sometimes like it's really overwhelming for her. So we're just keeping those conversations open. And I mean, like, honestly, Suze, like one thing people don't tell you about when you start to heal and set boundaries and start to like live a life that feels really good to you is that those people don't fit in your life anymore sometimes. And those, it's like a really big season of loss, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'm so glad you touched on that because that comes up a lot in even the work that I do with other people, just how when they're making positive changes, it can actually end up severing relationships or even more conflict in relationships because people are not used to that from you, right? Mm -hmm. People are used to you being a certain way. And then when you start to shift or change or heal, it shifts the, the entire relationship. And sometimes those relationships don't move forward. Yeah, totally. And honestly, I definitely was really hard. And like, that's something we actually didn't talk about in one of the, in the first couple episodes is it wasn't just my experience with a friend that had sent me to therapy, but it was also the loss of these family relationships with these family members that had also sent me into this. Right. So it was loss on so many different levels, not just for me, but also for my daughter. And it's been really difficult, but yeah, we're, we're doing good. And I hope that she, you know, is, doing well as well. And we always will love her. But sometimes those relationships, unfortunately, just don't fit into your life anymore. And maybe one day they will. But right now, it's it doesn't fit. Yeah. And not to jump around a bit, but I guess we'll do a little bit of that. Um, the other question that came up a lot, actually, was wanting to know kind of more details about the 
issue or the, I don't know, the event with your friend that also pushed you into therapy. Do you want to say more about that and kind of try and explain a little bit about how that pushed you forward into your healing journey as well? You know, I knew this question was going to come. Like, honestly, like so many people ask me, like, what could have possibly happened that threw you into therapy with a friend? (laughs) Right? Like, it's like the biggest question. Um, Honestly, I think without the other person sitting down to defend themselves or like, not defend themselves, but tell their side, it's probably not fair to get into the details of it. I think that at the end of the day, I felt a really big betrayal about this. And there were things that happened that I was really triggered by. Yeah. Things I seen, things that were said to me that were incredibly triggering to me. And I think the one thing like that you and I have talked about, because it did send me in a spiral, like you, you saw me at my lowest of lows and I'm not, I really believe after talking to you that it maybe the biggest trigger was that I was asked to be silent. Mm -hmm. that I was asked to never speak of what happened. Yeah. Like, don't say this. Don't, don't say anything. Yes. And in that moment, like, I think I called you and I was outraged. Like I was completely triggered by that. And it, that's what I was the most angry about, I think was just like somebody trying to silence me. And I was just like, F you, you did this to me. You made me feel X, Y, Z. How could you possibly have the balls to tell me to never speak of this? Like, it felt super triggering to me. Triggering in the same way that you were asked to be silent about the abuse you you suffered. Totally. Like, yeah, looking back now, that's probably exactly what it felt like to me. Okay. And so then that's what kind of sent you into wanting to maybe look at some of this stuff a little bit more. Totally. And from that part, at the start, I I made a mistake. Like I'm I made the mistake of saying, yes, I will not say anything. And I was so angry about it that I actually opened up to a friend about it. And it and that's where it spiraled. So I should never have agreed to not say anything, but in the moment, I felt very manipulated. I felt so many different things about the situation. And like you and I have said, you said this to me, you're like, honestly, when we talk about these things, like there's your story, there's her story. And in the middle is somewhere of all the events that happened, right? Like, yeah, it's like this thing is like, there's your side, there's their side. And in the middle is the truth. Yeah, totally. So that's why I'm not going to get into the details because she obviously will have her own version of what happened. I by no means hate this person or anything. If anything, like you and I have talked about this, she actually did me the biggest favor of my life. Yeah, because when you think about this massive (laughs) healing and so many positive shifts that you've been wanting to take for so long, it's it actually pushed you into the place that you actually really want to be. Totally. And honestly, I never would have had the confidence to like, well, first of all, it pushed me into therapy, like you said. And outside of that, it pushed me to leave Prince George, which was a really toxic place for me to be. There's so many bad memories, so many awful things had happened to me in that town. You know, there was just memories and triggers everywhere. So we were able to, you know, find the courage to leave. We, I was able to start a business. It led me into starting this podcast. Like you and I have talked about this, like sometimes I feel like I should send her a thank you basket because like, honestly, (laughs) 
<laughs> it honestly changed my life for the better. And I think that's on one of the key takeaways about this is sometimes you're in a situation where you feel like it's over. Everything you knew is like mm-hmm. crumbling. You've hit emotional rock bottom. You can't see a way out and you don't know why these awful things are happening. And sometimes you won't know for a year or two years. Sometimes it's six months. Sometimes it's three weeks down the road. Whatever it is, things do happen for a reason. And when you get past and work through, the key word is work through all of yes. the stuff that's happening and the pain, you really do come out the other side and go, holy crap, I'm so glad that happened. That's why that happened. It was worth it, right? Yes. And I think that's so important for listeners, especially listeners who are working through their own trauma, that it can feel so dark and it can feel like you really are like, I don't know how I'm going to push forward or move forward. But if you keep taking the little steps every day, even if they're tiny steps, even if they're small steps, mm-hmm. that's when you, you know, you don't know why these things are happening or what it's pushing you towards. But if you can keep moving, um, oftentimes you'll look back and think, wow, actually that that wasn't as terrible as I thought it was because look where I am now. now. Totally. And in the moment, oh, it, it was as terrible as I thought it was. And like, I would take a few steps forward and then something else would happen. Like talking about a huge season of loss, when you start to change your life and set boundaries, you know, there was a lot of friends that were lost. There was a lot of lies and misinformation that was out there and being told about me, being told about my husband. And, you know, my daughter was being treated in a way that wasn't right anymore. And all those things compounded and a devastated us, but also made us stronger and also made us realize this isn't for us anymore. Right. So huge season of loss. But I also believe that all of that loss was purposeful and being on this side of it, I can see clearly now. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's really good. So speaking of your family, uh, some of the other questions are about, you know, like, who, who do you describe as your family now? And also one of the other questions that came up was your daughter. How did you explain kind of what happened to you to Layton? Yeah. So I'll start with my family now. You know, my family is small and that's okay. Right. Like I grew up having like lots of cousins and stuff. And that's just like not the way it is anymore. And that's something I've had to also kind of get past. But really, it's just like the four of us. And it's my husband and me and my daughter and my stepdaughter. And honestly, like you and your family, like that's our family. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like that's our family. And I love that. It's is exactly what I want. Sometimes I miss the big family dinners and stuff. But like even last Christmas, you were like, well, come to my parents. You know, there's just so much room for people that actually are good for you in your life. And I love that. And in terms of Leighton and how I explained it to her, like in a very age appropriate way. And also I talked to my therapist a ton about how I can explain this to her, but really I just led with my gut and led with my heart. And I, you know, your own kids, right? Like, you know what they're capable of absorbing and understanding and you know what they're not. So it also opened up a conversation about keeping herself safe and trusting her gut. Like that feeling inside of you when you you know, you feel like something's off or you don't feel safe or you feel like you shouldn't do something. And I really drive that home with her. Like if you feel unsafe around another grown up or anyone, just listen to that. Right. And it in communicate with me. So a lot of conversations about that, trusting your gut, a lot of conversations about your own body and keeping it safe and, you know, really speaking up if someone makes you feel that way and how your body is just for you and no one else has a right to touch that without your permission and all this stuff. Like 
lots of age appropriate conversations. And as she gets older, we continue to have more in depth conversations about it. But I found it like a real opportunity to not hide from it and to keep her safe. Like, I know that when I was younger, like I said before, it was never talked about. So I wasn't armed with information and courage and, you know, all those things to try and keep me safe and use my voice. And that's what I want for her. Yeah, no, I think that's so powerful. And I think, yeah, like teaching your daughter to yeah, even trust their own intuition and their own judgment and and not being afraid to speak up, you know, if they if they don't feel safe, I think it's so powerful. Yeah, totally. In kind of that spirit of motherhood, though, the other question that people had, or, you know, people were wanting more details about was Crystal herself. Um, the perpetrator herself, because you were watching her daughter and there's another child that's involved in this. Um, So tell us a little bit about the the trial itself. Um, What was everybody charged with? And like, do you know anything about like where these people are now? Do you know where the, it was a little girl that you watched, right? Yeah. Do you know where she is now? Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah. So I don't know anything about where she is. Obviously, you know, I do know that probably like seven or eight years ago, um, she wrote a letter and posted it like to the newspaper in Prince George just saying that not didn't give her name or anything. I know her name, obviously, but um, she didn't give her name or a picture or anything. She kept it um, pretty private, but obvi- for obvious reasons. But she did put out a letter saying that she was so sorry to the victims and that her parents' actions, you know, had nothing to do with her. And I think she probably carries a lot of guilt. And it was a really beautiful letter. And, you know, I just really feel for her. She was just a baby when this happened. And I, from as far as I know, she's living with family. Um, I do know that Crystal was released from prison after seven years. She was sentenced to 13, but only served seven. No idea where she is. I've talked to one of the other victims who was actually her cousin. We've been in contact a little bit, which has been really incredible. And also really hard to hear her side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, she does know where she is. I I know that they've had no contact. It's obviously, um, it's a mixed bag of emotions when it comes to stuff like that. Because as a survivor, you really want to take back your power and face them and, you know, show up and be like, I have a million things to say to you. But at the end of the day, that's probably not healthy, not reality. And maybe not something that you should do. So we kind of go back and forth on that a lot. No idea where she is. She is released. As for Jim, he is still in jail. He um, was charged as a dangerous offender. Um, He comes up for parole, I think, like every two years and has never been awarded it. And I really don't think he will be. You know, I've learned over the past while that the other victim, the other girl who, one of the others, I should say, because there was many, who is actually related to Crystal, she has been writing a letter, a victim impact statement to to the parole board every two years to help keep him in jail, which was not something I knew about. Um, it was something my family kept for me for, I'm sure they have their own reasons. I'm kind of also trying to process that. Um, but now that I know, I plan to also do the same thing because he should not ever be out of jail. He is a mm-hmm. completely dangerous person. And that would really rock us as survivors and victims of these people. And as for Crystal, you know, I didn't know she was getting out of jail. And because my family had kept 
me out of that information and said that I didn't want to know that information or whatever the choice they made for me when I was a child. I didn't get any warning she was out of jail. I found out about it just like everybody else in the media, finding out that she got out early and she didn't have to serve her full sentence. And I just wish I could have known some, that I had some sort of option so I could have been writing letters for her as well. Like it just feels like that um, right was taken away from me. Yeah. And then that's a choice that your family kind of made for you, um, unbeknownst to you because you were a child um, at, at that time for their own reasons that you you don't really know. Yeah, I just found out recently. So that's been hard. But, you know, um, in terms of what they were specifically charged with, I know that they were charged with sexual abuse. Uh, they were charged with producing and um, distributing child pornography. And there's a few other things. I mean, you can look it up online. But yeah, they're just really, really incredibly dangerous people. Yeah. And I mean, now that you know that you can write those victim um, impact statements, again, it's a powerful step that you can take to continue healing to say, you know, I'm going to put my energy forward of, of making sure these this person doesn't get out of prison. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so final question to um, just your husband, Brent. Um, how has he kind of processed all of this? Uh, well, you know, what has it been like for him kind of in this, you know, the last year, I would say has been such like a deep healing year for you. What has this been like for you, for him, for you guys as a, a married couple? <laughs> I laugh because I like the first thing that comes to mind is I want to say like, it's been hard for him to keep up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, he is such a trooper. He is just like also just thrown himself into therapy, which has, which I also like, we've talked about this a ton, but you know, for one person to work on themselves and the other partner not, it's really, really difficult for you to maintain a relationship that way. Right. So he has also like started to go to therapy a year ago, just trying to learn how to help support me and manage his emotions um, in comparison to mine and how he can show up for me because it's got to be really lonely on that side, right? That's something that's not often talked about is just what it's like for a partner trying to support somebody who's going through that because their needs are pushed aside. You know, what they're going through is pushed aside. They're kind of left to deal with everything on their own while you're just trying to keep your head above water. And it's not fair in a sense, but it, and it's such a selfless thing to do to support somebody like that. But he's been doing it so well. He's so supportive, so supportive of this podcast. He's literally my number one fan. Like, sometimes I'll grab my phone. And it's like, you have like 27 likes and they're all Brent. It's like, Brent, 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 Brent. <laughs> like, it's so funny. But you know, he's done really well. He's now like, gone down a path of trying to work on his own stuff and heal from things he didn't even know he needed to heal from. And it's made him such a, you know, more empathetic person and less reactive and just he's doing so well. And he's always shown up for the kids and me in such a huge way. But it's just like really elevated that. And like, obviously, nothing's perfect. We I still call you and talk about how annoyed I am at my husband and vice versa. But that's life. And he's, he's handling it really, really well. Because I think it's important. Like a lot of people don't know how to show up for somebody when they're going through something so deep, right? Yeah. And then also to the one thing I forgot, uh, and the last, last question, um, uh, medication, you touched on that. Um, and I think people just had some curiosities of like, are you still on it? Do you plan to stay on it? Where are you in that process? It's so funny because we talked about before I was so against it for so long, got on it, 
feeling so good, feeling so good to the point where a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I think I like could probably go off this. Like, I think I can handle this kind of stuff on my own. And as you know, I was going through something um, that I haven't actually shared yet. Just somebody from my past came forward, you know, thinking he was my dad. It's a really long story, but, um, but maybe I'll... A, you know what we should, that's a whole other podcast. That's episode. a whole other episode <laughs> that maybe you and I should do next. But um, anyways, I was really going through it and I, called my doctor for a refill. And we always have like these meetings, like these little conversations every month to see how I'm doing. Is the dose okay? Yada, yada. And I said to him, um, you know, I think I could probably, I think I'm ready to go off of it. And he was like, kind of humming and hawing. And he was like, okay, well, tell me a little bit about what's going on in your life. And I'm like, well, I'm launching a podcast. And this guy just came forward thinking that he might be my dad. So I'm kind of dealing with that. And then I found out my family like lied to me about a few things. And like, the list kind of went on. And he was like, you know, it's not a bad thing to stay on it for now. Like I think it might be safe, but it's just so funny. Like I feel equipped to handle the stuff that are coming at the things that are coming at me now. So yeah, I did think it was okay for me to kind of step back from it, but I am still on it. I'm really comfortable still being on it. I don't think that it's something that you need to like end just because you feel like, like, you know, I just, it's, it's probably a good thing. I stay on it. It's, there's no risk to it and I'm doing really well and I don't want to derail that, I guess. I think it's so good because a lot of times in for my perspective, the minute that people are feeling well, they often are like, okay, I'd like to get off the medication, which makes, makes sense. It's, you know, but I would say you should probably have at least like a year of feeling well, um, as well as a lot of like circumstances settled down before you think about getting off your medication. I think people are really quick to get off medication. And then what's hard about medication is once you get off of it, it's actually really hard to get back on it. Um, and oftentimes the dosing doesn't work or you're going up to higher dose. So for all of the listeners with medication, it's okay to be on medication. Um, it's okay to be on medication for longer than you want. It, it, it is one of those things that takes time to come on it. It takes time to come off of it. So you got to be patient with that. Totally. I'm actually so glad you said that because that's so good to know that you should actually feel that way for about a year, right? I, I yeah. didn't know that. Like, that's such good information. One other thing I wanted to say about medication was, you know, we went on a family vacation to Vancouver a couple of weeks ago, and I actually called you in a panic because I had forgot my medication at home. And we, you know, we know that it's like, bad to miss a dose to just stop taking yeah. it for a few days and then start again like that's really going to mess you up and I called you in a freaking panic because it was a Friday my doctor was off I couldn't get a hold of him to get a new prescription and this was something I didn't know so for anyone who's been in that situation you can actually go to a pharmacist to get an emergency supply of your medication. So I only was only there for four or five days. So I went to the pharmacist and he looked at my prescription and he literally gave me five pills to get through till I got home. Like I didn't know that was an option. I was in full blown panic. Like I'm going to have to start over. I'm not going to take them for five days. What is this going to do to me? My trip is ruined, like full panic mode, but there are options. Yes. Your pharmacist actually has a lot more options than you think for extending your medication without a prescription when it comes to like mental health medications, because you can't just stop them. They are not advisable to just stop. Um, so if anybody else is in that situation, just call your pharmacist and there's actually more that they can do um, than you would think. Yeah. And it's so crazy that we don't know that. Like that's such good information to have. It's good to remember because that happens to a lot of people a, a lot of times, right? Or even they forget it, mm -hmm. um, right? They go somewhere and they're like, oh my God, I, I can't find it. But yeah. I know I texted you and I was like, should I stop taking it? You're like, no. 
<laughs> it's a hard. No. That's not a thing. That's not. That's not a thing. It's not a thing that we're gonna do. <laughs> but I think that kind of concludes. I think all the questions that that people had. I'm sure there'll be more. Um, and um, you know, we can always come back to these Q and A's. Um, because it's great to get to know you more, and I'm sure your listeners like to hear more. Thank you so much for doing this again. Every month we're gonna have you back, which every is month, so exciting. I'll be back. We'll we'll think about what we're gonna talk about next time. And yeah, I look forward to being back every month. Awesome. Thanks, Suze. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that today's episode provided insight, inspiration, and comfort to anyone who is dealing with the effects of trauma. Remember, you are not defined by your scars and you are not alone in your healing journey. If you enjoyed listening, please make sure to rate, review, and share this episode with a friend who could benefit from listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.